This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 44. This podcast is sponsored by Generation You Can, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. That's generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Generation You Can, the best choice for steady energy. This podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. My name is Andrew Lorenzo, and I have committed myself to pushing my body and mind to their limits in my attempt to run a two-hour and 40-minute marathon by the year 2020. Over the course of my journey starting in 2018, I've discovered many things about the human spirit that I want to share with all of you. It's my hope that I'll help you reach your true potential and inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. With the help of an amazing community of listeners and speakers, we can all push ourselves harder than we ever have in hopes of breaking the barrier. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Thank you so much for listening. First off, I want to apologize for this episode's sound quality. Uh, Something happened with my mic last night while I was moving it, but you'll get the idea of the episode as well, so hopefully I have it fixed for next week. But if it sounds a little bit off, that's why. Got an awesome episode in store for you today. I had a conversation with Zach and Simon, who basically we just shot the proverbial, right? We talked a lot about, you know, the mental game of running and the expectation that we hold ourselves to, specifically in terms of Strava. So I'll get into that in just a second. But first, of course, as always, I want to start out by giving a shout out to some of the Breaking the Barrier members who are going above and beyond. So firstly, I want to give a congratulations out to Jody and Scott. So Jody and Scott completed the Bellarine Rail Trail this past weekend. She had this to say, Jody had this to say in the Facebook community group. Hey, Andrew, Scott and I had a lovely weekend in Torquay training, eating out, shopping, and just enjoying the coast. Nice 90-minute training run Saturday morning along the foreshore, then ran the Bellarine Rail Trail this morning. It was a 17-kilometer event. Perfect weekend combining training, exploring, and spending quality time with my hubby. Plus, we still get to achieve our Melbourne Marathon training goals. Awesome, Jody. That sounds like it was an an amazing weekend. I love Torquay, first off, and the fact that you kind of packed in all of that stuff into one weekend, really, really impressive. So not only was it a functional weekend, but it was a 
it was a nice quality time weekend and as well. And I, and I think that that's a really important balance to have. So so great stuff. Want to send out a congratulations to Jody S, who completed an Ironman this past weekend. I don't have the details just yet, but I know she completed it. And those of you who listen to the podcast know that I give her shout outs quite regularly because of her training. So Jody, congratulations on the Ironman. Uh, I hope it went as well as you expected it to go. And I'm sure that you're already thinking about training for your next event. So rock on. Kathleen had this to say, just finished a 20-mile long run in a new neighborhood near Atlanta. It's great to now live closer to the running community, but I had to stop and start a lot to make sure I knew where I was going. Followed a long bike path that runs through the city, hot and humid today, high of 95 Fahrenheit. It's about 35 degrees Celsius. Wow, that's really warm. But, you know, good on you for getting out there and uh, just sort of exploring your new surroundings. You know, as I said, take the road less traveled, but don't get lost. Great stuff, Kathleen. And I want to give a shout out to Anthula, who mentioned the previous episode about approval. Anthula had this to say in the Facebook community group. Thanks, Andrew, for the much needed reminder that we do not need other people's approval. This is me. I'm at my most confident when I'm wearing my running attire. I believe my bubbly side is my best quality. Yes, I am worthy, and social media slash Strava is only a snippet of who I am and what I'm capable of. Couldn't have said it better myself, Anthula. That's that's so true. And uh, I think that that segues really, really well into what we're going to be talking about today with Simon and Zach. So congratulations to everybody out there in the Facebook community group who are going above and beyond. And remember, if you want to get in on that action, if you want to share moments of your journey, or if you want to ask questions, talk about challenges you might have, just pop over to the website, breakingthebarrierpodcast.com, and check out a link to request to join the Facebook community group, or send me a message through Facebook. Don't send the email to andrew at breakingthebarrierrunning.com at the moment, because there's something up with the email server, and it's not quite working. So we'll pass on that, but just send me a message through Facebook or like the social media sites at Breaking the Barrier Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, and you can send me messages through there as well. So, all right, I want to get into the episode today. So, as as you know, I had a great conversation with Simon Clark and Zach Domogalski. Zach, of course, I've had on the podcast before, so you want to check out that episode where we talked about his 50K a few months back, probably about six months back at this point. And Simon is is a great, great friend of mine. He's a, he's an amazing runner. They're both amazing runners. I mean, these guys, between the two of them, I I look at them and I I think to myself, that's that's like the epitome of what where I want to be, right? So you've got Zach who runs the distances that he runs. There, you know, he does hundred K weeks and he just seems to keep going and going and going and going. And just like he's like the energizer bunny. You know, he just keeps going. Simon is a person that gets faster and faster and holds himself to a very, very high standard. And they both have excellent ethics when it comes to their running. But like myself, we all have that need to put things up on social media. And we have that fear where if it's not the run that we expected or the run that maybe quote unquote other people might not expect, then maybe we'll run into some trouble in the what people think of me game. So we're going to have a little bit of a talk about that 
It is an uncensored episode today, so we'll have some cursing, we'll have some laughs, and there are probably going to be some terms that you, especially if you're American, don't know. So, for example, there's there's just a few terms that we'll throw around that are actually terms of endearment um, (laughs) that you might think are not. I'm not really how to explain that, so... There's a word, it starts with a C, rhymes with talk. <laughs> and in Australia, it kind of means mate. So it's, it's the same thing. It's, you know, buddy kind of thing. So there you go. But throwing that warning out there. And, you know, I, I will prepare you that there are some aspects in this episode that are kind of negative, but repeats or thousand meter repeats, you know, one kilometer. I, I took it up to a mile. Uh, 1600 meter repeats. That was the longest workout that my coach Steve Walden from Marathon Training Academy had given me thus far. And those went really well. So I didn't I didn't try to blitz them or anything. I kept the miles at slightly below eight minute mile pace. So well, anywhere between 750 and eight mile pace. So they, they weren't extraordinarily fast, but you know, they were enough to get me working considering I haven't you know, run that sort of speed workout in a while. So I felt it, not in a bad way. Uh, I felt tired, but, you know, I, I felt strong, which was phenomenal. I'm getting much more okay with putting up slow runs on Strava without feeling the need to justify them. So my easy pace runs throughout the week, I'll run those at like 10 to 11 minute miles. And I don't even give a damn because I know that it's good for my body and, you know, whatever. <laughs> It's, it's, it is what it is. I can't be running fast all the time because that's what got me into the trouble in the first place. So there you go. So that's, um, that's, that's my big updates. Um, of course, I, I, you know, I've got some cool updates in terms of my acting. I've just been, I've just been, uh, I, I've picked up a gig to do an underwear model shoot. <laughs> so that's exciting. So those of you who follow me on Instagram, either on the Breaking the Barrier podcast, in, in a, wow, Instagram or my actor page Instagram, you know that I've been topless quite a bit in the past couple weeks. And so that's going to keep coming. But it's actually really cool because it, it, it gives me motivation to really dial down on my nutrition and, you know, take my body somewhere that maybe I haven't taken it before, which is cool. So it's all part of the journey. You know, breaking the barrier is, of course, about my marathon journey. But at this point, I've, I've kind of grown it into much more of a what can I do sort of journey? Because why stop at the marathon? It's not like eventually I'm going to get to this 240 marathon and the Breaking the Barrier podcast is going to stop. I hope. I'm, I'm, I'm taking everything that I can to the next level because I, it, it's just really a lot of fun. So there you go. So that's my, those are my updates and I'm, I'm really excited to move forward. I, I've got an 18 mile run planned for tomorrow and this will be the first weekend that I don't have Greece, which is really sad, but that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk a little bit about Greece and the lessons that I learned doing that production. But yeah, so I have a, I have an 18 mile run tomorrow. So that's about 29 kilometers, I think. So we'll see how that goes. And um, I'm sure I'll talk about it soon. So what do I want to talk about today? Well, I just told you what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Greece. So Greece the musical, first musical I've done in a few years. And what a ride. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs. Last weekend of the show, there was a big down for me, which I'll talk about. But overall, 
one hell of an experience with some truly amazing people that I will hold with me in my heart for years to come. And I, I want to talk a little bit about what I learned on that production, that, you know, building that production. So I'm going to shoot from the hip on this one. I didn't, normally on my podcast episodes, I, you know, I have everything a little bit more planned out. I've taken, I've written notes, but for this one, I kind of want to shoot from the hip because I feel like I just want to have a little bit of, you know, I just want to vent. I just want to talk about it. I mean, vent in a good way. I just want to talk about it. I mean, I know what my, what I've learned, but in terms of the stuff that's going to fill it in, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go for my heart today. I mean, I always do. I always go for my heart, but what I mean is instead of pre-planning what I'm going to say, I'm just going to, whatever happens, happens. So the first lesson that I learned for Greece, in Greece, not the country, the musical, (laughs) was that it doesn't take long to build a community, okay? It does not take long to build a community. And so what do I mean by that? Well, if, if you've been in, well, even if you haven't been in theater, if, okay, if you haven't been in theater, this is how it works. You meet a bunch of people that you've never, usually you've never met before. I mean, once you've been doing it for a while, you meet the same people over and over again. But in this particular case, it was a bunch of people that I'd never met before. And, you know, within the first hour, we were all talking to each other as if we'd known each other for years. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing because as much as so many of us don't know each other, as much as we're all strangers, knowing that you can put yourself into a position like that when you literally know nothing about the other person, but you can build a relationship with them in such a short time, it gives me hope. It gives me inspiration for the future. You know, I know this world is a messed up place, but if if you can put 50 people together who have never met and maybe have nothing in common other than the fact that they're working on a similar project, and and they can become best friends. I mean, that's crazy. That's that to me is crazy. I mean, it, 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 the theater is a beautiful thing because it really shows you what humanity is capable of. I mean, it, that might be overstating things, but I don't think so. Any one of the people that I've worked with in Greece, I would tell them anything, and I would, you know, I would help them with anything. And it's not just theater. I mean, Impulse, right? Brendan. Brendan. Uh, he's the guy that plays the title character of Impulse. He's one of my best friends. And I've only known him for a few months at this point. Well, well, maybe just under a year. But I mean, I'll tell him anything. You know, when when I need to talk, I know that Brendan's always there. And the same goes for the, the cast of Grease. I, I didn't know these people six months ago at all. I didn't know they existed. I had no idea that I was going to meet them. But within an hour of that first rehearsal, they changed everything. It changed the game. And that's a beautiful thing. So it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to build a community. It doesn't take long to build a friendship. And it doesn't take long to build up a team that can really help you go the distance. So when you're feeling like, and we have all been there, when you're feeling like people suck and that 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 nobody's on your side, just know that it doesn't take long to meet somebody that will be forever on your side. There is hope and you can find that hope in other people. You don't have to go this thing alone. 
The next thing that I learned, speaking of that, is that people are always relatable. You can always find something that you can relate to with other people. So what I mean by that is theater is a constant pattern of ups and downs. And sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we struggle to get a scene right. Sometimes we struggle to get a a scene transition right or our characters right. But we're not alone in that. Everybody else on that stage or everybody else backstage doing their job, we're all working toward a similar goal and we're all experiencing the same struggles. So there's always going to be people there by your side, whether you know it or not, that are going through difficult times. And you never have to feel like you're going through those times alone. And that's a great thing because the worst thing I think a lot of us can feel is alone. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of us do feel alone. But if you can just realize that the people that are around you and the people that maybe aren't around you and that you can't even see are going through something similar, it kind of puts it into perspective because it makes you feel part of a bigger team. It makes you feel like you're a cog on a wheel that is going round and round and and you're working together. I know that when I'm on stage and something's going wrong, for me personally, I know that that's, it's not the end of the world because I know that other people are there and they've experienced what I've experienced before. Because really, there are very, very rare moments where we experience things that nobody else has ever experienced. We've all experienced loss. We've all experienced struggle. We've all experienced, you know, things that come up that we don't plan for. And the fact that we can relate, and the fact that we can relate to the, the people that go through these things and you can rationalize that with yourself it's it's a game changer because all of a sudden you're not going through this thing alone all of a sudden you're not struggling alone and that can change your whole world so there are always people that are going to be relatable to you the third thing i learned on this journey and this is something that i've always known but It was a great reminder. Opening night is magical. And there's nothing quite like it. There's nothing quite like the feeling that you get backstage with your fellow actors or even if you're in your own moment. That you're about to do this thing that you've worked so hard. Whether you've been rehearsing for two weeks, whether you've been rehearsing for two months, whether you've been rehearsing for six months. You're about to show... Sometimes three, four, five hundred people, fifteen hundred people, however many people, what you've done. And it's a magical thing. You're nervous, you're scared, you're excited, you're anxious, you're happy, you're just so many emotions, you know? And it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. And when you look at that in, in everyday life, I look at that as we've hit a goal. So opening night is our goal, right? When we start the rehearsal process, we have a goal of putting up a show. And once we get to opening night ready, well, whether we're ready or not, we've reached that goal. We're putting on this show. And when we goal set and we get to that opening night, it's a, it's just a wonderful thing. It's it's something that we we will never forget. I have never... I mean, look, I've I've done shows where we run weeks and weeks. I've done shows where we run a week. 
but I've never forgotten what opening night feels like for any of those shows. I mean, you 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 talk to me about any show that I've done specifically, and I can tell you exactly what opening night was like. And this particular show was no different. I can tell you exactly what opening was like, and I can tell you exactly, you know, what I was doing right before I went on stage. I, I mean, those are moments that there's they're just there's something that you want to hold on to. So when you reach those goals, when you reach those milestones. That's a magical thing, and you should remember that forever, whether it is the ultimate goal or whether it's a stepping stone on the way to that ultimate goal. Remember it. Take in those feelings because they're never going to happen again. Opening night for Greece, this particular production will never happen again, and I'm grateful that I can think about it and know exactly how I felt right before it happened. So opening night. It's a magical thing and it's a hell of a ride because you're you're sharing this adventure with these people that you've worked so hard with and every time you interact with somebody on that stage on opening night, it's just like we, we got here together and we're going to finish this together and you can do that every day of your life. You know, whether whether it's a goal that you're doing on your own or with other people, you know, there's always people there that support you or know about your, your goal setting and and you can just be grateful that they're there and know that you got there with their help, whether they physically helped you, mentally helped you, or just knowing that they were there. Or, you know, even even people that give you adversity. You know, sometimes that adversity pushes you to go hard. And when you get there, for me personally, when I get to where I want to go, I, I, I thank, I'm grateful for the people that didn't believe in me. Because as, as, as strange as this might sound, when I get there, it makes me feel good that they didn't believe in me. Because I've proven them wrong. So, think about that. Think about that. Share, share those moments. And appreciate those moments. Now, this next thing, this fourth thing that I learned, was that you have to fight through the obstacles. So, here's the deal. The last, well, this whole run of Greece, I've been struggling with chest infection and colds, and I had not been healthy for this, the, the whole run. I think I had one show that I was really happy with. <laughs> um, you know, that happens. Uh, and it was it was Sunday. It was the Sunday. It was the second to last weekend. It was the Sunday, and I was really happy with that show. And it was the only one that I was really happy with. I had fun on all the shows, but me personally, I was not one hundred percent for most of the run, ninety nine percent of it really. And the final weekend, it, it was actually kind of a slap in the face because I had that great show on Sunday, and I figured, well, this show's was great. That means next weekend is going to be even better because now I'm getting healthy again. Well, the week went fine. Thursday night, I woke up at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. And for whatever reason, I decided to just test out my voice because I felt like something was off. I felt like it was really off. And I didn't have anything. Now, look, I'm not saying that I can normally wake up at midnight and be ready to sing a show, but I at least have something there. And I didn't have anything. And I was f a little bit frightened 
because I was like, oh, this isn't good. I've got like five shows this weekend and or hold on four shows this weekend. And I was really worried. (laughs) And I just wanted somebody to tell me that it was going to be okay. But no matter what, no matter who or what said anything, it, it wasn't. I woke up on Friday after I went back to sleep and my voice was gone. I, it, it was hard. It, I mean, it wasn't gone. Well, it wasn't gone on Friday. It wasn't gone on Friday, but it was on its way out. And, you know, when I wake up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, I can warm up to sing and I can hit some top notes. I'm a tenor, right? I've always been a high tenor, but this particular day I couldn't get for, for those musos out there, I couldn't get anything above really uh, a high G, which normally I can hit a B flat in the morning like that. Nothing. Right? Right? Couldn't get anything above a G. And it was freaking me out. Not that I have to go much further than that in Greece, but when I'm, I have a little bit of a superstition kind of thing, like a pattern. When I'm warming up, I, I have to hit that B flat. I have to hit, I you know, I'll go to a C. And I'll hit that. And if I do that, I know everything's going to be okay. And that ju- that just was not happening. So, I mean, long story short, right? Well, maybe it's too late. I don't know. Um, I, 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 you know, with the help of, of the music director, the, the vocal director of, of, of the show, uh, you know, I, I, I did the best that I could with what I had. Friday went okay. Saturday was tough because there were two shows. So I think, you know, Saturday afternoon was a little bit better. Saturday evening was a little bit not better. But I gave it everything that I had on Saturday evening. And, you know, for those of you who know Greece, it's a, it's a tough sing. You know, it's a, you know it's a, it can be a tough sing. And, you know, we ended with You're the One That I Want. And on Saturday night, and it just barely all came out. And then Sunday, it was so much worse. Everything i I had no, I had no range. I mean, I couldn't even sing "Summer Nights," and that's a relatively low song without cracking. The voice was gone. I was done. And during "You're the One That I Want," I mean, I had to modify the show a lot. We we took out Sandy. The song Sandy, because I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to sing it. Uh, You're the one that I want. <laughs> Didn't come out at all, and we can't cut that because that's a duet, and a, and a big chorus number, and it just didn't come out. I, I was cracking, I was squeaking. I have never cracked on stage. This was a this was a first for me, and so I had to modify it and I had to sing it down an octave. Which, by the way, you're the one that I want is a really creepy song when you sing it down. <laughs> when you sing it down the octave, it's very scary. Um, it's not a normal thing. Anyway, so that happened, and you know what? It happened. I, 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 it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know what? The show has to go on, and everybody in that show was so willing to help me out. Like when I when we cut the song Sandy, right? That doesn't just affect me. That song is a place where backstage a lot of things are happening. People are changing, sets are changing, you know, costumes are changing. But that whole song, which is about two, three minute song, is an eternity for backstage work. 
But because we took it out, that now had to change a lot of what was going on backstage. And you know what? They did it because the show must go on. So whatever's happening in your life, that show must go on. You cannot quit. I could have simply not done the show and said, you know what, JP, John Paul, the director, you know, I quit. I can't do this show. Those people backstage could have just said, you know, this is too hard. We can't do this. The, 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 the support team could have just said, nah, we're not going to, we're not, we don't care. You know, you can't sing. You're not worth our time. But my God, the support team, those cast and crew members, they made me feel so, <laughs> they made me feel so good about what could have been a really bad, really bad memory. And you know what? I would not change what happened. Because I saw the best of them. I I knew they were all good people. But man, when people support you that way, that's a big deal. And which is amazing because like I said before, six months ago, I didn't even know these people. And they all just came together. And that's what happens. You know, the show's got to go on. No matter how much you're into the shit or how much things are failing, you've got to push forward. because. Nothing good is going to come from quitting. Nothing good is going to come from quitting. You have to go forward. And this final lesson is that you have to appreciate the time that you have. Absolutely, you have to appreciate the time that you have. During the rehearsal period, it feels like forever. It feels like you're it feels like you're working toward this goal that's never going to come because you've been rehearsing for so long and so long and you just want it to get there. You just want to do this show. And that can be a dangerous thing. I mean, it's good that you're that excited that you want to get to the show, but it can be a dangerous thing because you will sometimes forget to appreciate what's happening as it's happening. You know, I've done enough shows that I know that I need to appreciate the rehearsal process because that's where the bonds are formed. You don't form the bonds when you're running a show. You run them in that, you, you, you form them in that rehearsal period. That's when you make the friendships. That's when you make the relationships that will last forever in your memory or physically. And you have to appreciate that. You can't always just want to get to the end. Right, and this is this is a cliche, I know, but it's not always about the destination; it's about the journey, and not just the rehearsal process. Yes, even in those those moments of the show, what I preach, you can practice what I preach as well. So, look, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going wrong, you can always take a step back to realize that it's not permanent. And any stress and anxiety you're feeling, you have the complete power over to control. Because nothing can keep you down except for your own thoughts. Yes, outside forces will and can make you feel negative, but it's what you do after you hear or see or feel those outside forces that really matters. So take the time out of your day. Focus on yourself. Figure out what those best practices are and help yourself to move forward in the most healthy and positive way possible.
possible. So that's going to conclude today's episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> but that, that's the sort of thing where, you know, that, you know, creating little segments and, you know, running them and, you know, you, you get the, the little medal and then you run a really fast time and then you don't get a medal. I mean, I've, oh, yeah. I've kind of got that thing where I've limited myself to only kudosing medals. Yeah. And then I realize there's a uh, heap of good runs that people are doing that I'm not acknowledging yeah. in any way. And I remember you said that. I did. I remember you said exactly that. Like, I don't give kudos unless it's a PV. Unless I see a medal there or some bling, I'm not kudosing. That was like the first conversation I had with Zach, by the way. And I, I right away thought he was a dick. Well, he was very pleased with a very average run. Can't so I just had to let yeah, it. Was fair. Can't say that word. Sorry. <laughs> Cock. Cock. <laughs> uh, do I need to leave now? Or? No, you're good. We're oh, good. okay. We're good. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I guess going back, what, what, what do we think would happen if we didn't, if like if we deleted Stroud for like, for like a month? Well, because I used to at one point have, um, before I had Strava, I had, I think, the RunKeeper app. Yeah. And RunKeeper used to sync with Facebook. And so yeah, my Facebook yeah. feed... Oh, I remember that. Yeah. My Facebook feed used to get all those runs. Yeah. And, and then when you're running six, seven times a week, people start to realize that your Facebook posts are just mm, status that. updates on yeah. run. And, you know, and, and same sort of thing happened where people would jump on and go, hey, you were right, Zach. It's been two yeah, days yeah. and I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah. So I think the problem is, is that... Um, unless you go completely zero dark 30 and go, I just want the information for myself so I can use it and for myself. Social media is just, it's there now. It's so invasive. If it wasn't Strava, it would be something else. else. Strava is just the one that's managed to crack it, you know, and really, I mean, from what I was reading an article that said, maybe this is out of date now, but two years ago, it was not the biggest um, actual fitness thing they're yeah. like the, the Nike app was quite big and RunKeeper yeah. was a lot bigger I think Strava would now you'd probably assume Strava's yeah. now a verb yeah you know? so I'd say it's probably the number one now yeah um, and well, definitely a yeah. wise man once told me even quite if it's not on Strava it didn't happen that's right yeah. and when researching for this podcast every article referenced that yeah. Like, it's not just like, and, and, and you know, Chani often says that, um, like, you know, yeah, you'll talk yeah, about doing a good run, run yeah, and she'll be like, if it's not yeah, on Strava, yeah. it didn't happen. And nah, that's it, the go to line now. For yeah. yeah. It's funky that. So, if it didn't exist, if Strava didn't exist, there's something else yeah. would take its place. Do you think, you think, I'm going uh, to use a term, I don't want anybody to get excited, mm-hmm. but a naked run. So, like, a naked mm-hmm. run hello. Without, without the, hello, how are you going? <laughs> Our friend Brad is very interested right now. Oh, so, yeah, because he did the naked bike. He did, bike. yes. Yeah. But he didn't have a seat on. Yeah, that's been quite a problem. That's yeah. not okay. <laughs> you cannot do that in Melbourne winter. I'm not sure I can do that in Melbourne summer, I don't think personally you can do that speaking. Anything. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> no, I'll be too um, worried about it getting caught in the spikes in the water. <laughs> I mean, a real naked run <laughs> without the garment. <laughs> oh, sorry, bring oh. us back on track. Um, no, I don't do them. Like, I forgot my Garmin a couple of weeks ago at um, Parkrun and had to run holding my phone. Like, the thought of doing a run and not tracking it yeah. was just... And, you know, I'm obsessive-compulsive about this. Yeah. I use the weekly mileage as motivation to build the routine, yeah. you know. Um, the, the If I could run 100 kilometers a week in one session and be fine, I'd probably do that. Yeah. But I can't get there, so I have to break it down into smaller runs, and that builds routine to try and avoid injury and yeah. build and recovery. But 
the fact, the thought of going out and exercising again these days without logging it, mm. I just don't. Like I walked exactly. from the train station to the track this morning. Yeah. And, and it, well, I didn't. And it felt weird. Oh, and I was okay. like, mm. it's only 1.1 Ks. What's the point of logging it? And I'm like, mm. oh, because then people will see that I didn't ima- 